Storygram Network. Hosting for this podcast is generously provided by Transistor at Transistor.fm. Hi, my name is Laura Lee, and this is It's Not About Food. So it's not about food, and it's not about weight. What is it about? Everything else. Because it's never, ever about food. Or weight. Never, ever. Not even. One time. Not ever. Ever, ever. Hello, everyone. This is Lori Lee Rourke from It's Not About Food podcast. And today we will be talking about trusting the process. We used to call this the P word in group because people hated the process word. We want it now. We want everything now. But anyway, so trusting the process, the front of the card has the goddess jumping from one ledge to another ledge. And she is trusting that she will make it across this water and sky and earth to the other side. And of course, the little deer animal has already reached the other side and she's right behind her. And to me, it did feel like this in recovery for me. And I know it feels like that to so many of my clients. So the card reads, recovery from body hatred and disordered eating provides many layers of learning that unfold uniquely and spontaneously. Trusting the process means that we all work through these experiences and issues at our own pace and in our own way. We can trust that our process is exactly right for us and we don't have to waste precious time comparing ourselves to others. This is a great last line. We don't have to waste precious time comparing ourselves to others because guess what? We are not others. We are us. And I have clients and I was like this, like, I wish I had a better body. I wish I had better hair. I wish my eyes were a lighter shade of whatever they are. I wish that I was taller, shorter, bigger, smaller. It just went on and on and on. And it was always comparing myself to others because that's what I was taught to do. You know, that so looks good. Why don't you look good? <laughs> So-and-so is perfect, and why aren't you perfect? And of course, nobody's perfect. But I believe that with all my heart, that I wasn't as good as, because I wasn't younger, faster, stronger, better. I just wasn't. So I feel like I didn't have people around me saying that you'll grow through this. This too shall pass. I didn't have people saying, everything is going to be okay, Lorelei. Don't worry about it. I didn't have it. I was like, no, worry about every little thing that is going on all the time with you. And so I was neurotic and crazy and very anxious and very sad and depressed. And I just didn't ever think I was going to be okay. And so through my recovery of going through yet another layer of something, (laughs) you know, felt like it would never stop, that I would never be okay. It felt like that a lot of the time. But I, at some point, started trusting. I got through this first layer 
okay, and I can take this layer and I can take this layer and it's all just my own issues, my own stuff. And I'm just healing all of everything, my culture and my family, the people I lived around and the people I still am around, the culture I still live in. And it's okay. It's trusting the process that I'm exactly where I need to be no matter what. And I am always going to work on it lots of different things. And I think that's the whole point of being human. So I am so grateful to have Deborah here with us today. And we're going to have a talk about trusting the process. And I'm just really tickled that she's here with us today. You know, I've known her a long, long time. And I've definitely been blessed to see her process, (laughs) which, you know, is a wonderful thing to see somebody go through and it reminds you of your own and we're all in this together. That's what I love about it too. So I'll let her tell us who she is, what she's doing these days, and we'll have a talk about this. So welcome, Deborah. Hi, Lee. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast today. I'm so excited to be here with you. I'm always excited to be with you um, and an extra special treat. So about me, I am retired from a long career in health policy and I'm a writer. I write poetry and short fiction right now. And I play a little bit with intuitive painting. And um, thinking about being with you here today, I was really reflecting on the card and the idea of trusting the process. And I really remembered that when I was consulting, I would often invite my clients to trust the process that I was in with them, whether it's a strategic planning or a meeting facilitation or organizational development work we were doing together with teams. And so interesting that I, all those years trying to get them to trust the process, had not really thought about the importance of me trusting my own growth process. And so coming into really trying to grapple with body hatred and eating issues, I think I have really learned what trusting the process means. And I so love what you said, Laura Lee, because it would be so great, you know, if you start on step one and then you go to step two or stair three and you just keep going and then one day you're at the top and you're done and that's it we're all (laughs) it's all good now everything's fine yeah I think it's just so important to recognize that you might occasionally drop back a few steps here and there and that some of the old wounds and in my case you know the sort of negative mean things I have to say to myself are readily retrievable at all times (laughs) And it's so easy, really, to often fall back there. But what I know to be true is I never really ever fall back all the way down because, you know, I'm in a process. Yes. I always think of it sort of like an elevator shaft. You might go up one floor, maybe down one floor, but we never go back to the basement. We have knowledge. We can trust knowledge. We have a body. We can trust our body. We have a spirit and a path and a 
heart and a soul and a brain. And we can trust that we'll get back, you know, dust ourselves off, straighten our skirt (laughs) and get back on it. Because we know, really, we know just like we knew when we were babies how to eat. We know how to eat. We know how to be okay with the body that we have. We already know all of that. It's in there. It's inherent. We as have been uh, trained to be something else other than trusting our bodies and our souls and our minds. We forget. And then add the aging process, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. which, of course. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, and that everything is up for review once again and add getting sick everything's up for a review add anything at all that's a little bit out of the ordinary and everything's up for a review we just work ourselves through it it's okay love ourselves through it be on our own side and be okay that we're once again learning <laughs> we're in school well, and I love that because I think one of the things that is true for me as I think about the aging process and being at this retirement late life stage of things. One of the things I do spend time thinking about is what is it that gives me joy? What is it that I want to spend time doing, being, or what kinds of people do I want to spend time with? And it really magnifies all the lost time over my lifetime spent yelling at myself internally or staying away from places or people or experiences just because I didn't feel worthy or I didn't feel beautiful enough or stylish enough or thin enough or whatever, just so much wasted time, energy, and, you know, a sort of internal destruction And it really magnifies at this time of life. Like, why would I want to keep doing that? I don't have necessarily another 50 years. So I better not spend time on that as much as I used to. That is such a wonderful point. And I feel, you know, we don't really take the time to think about that. That feels like for years, my only goal was to reach a certain weight. There was other goals, but that one was the one I worked on. That took up a lot of my headspace, really. And so as I get older, I have other goals now. And I don't want to waste my time on that goal anymore. As I've seen in my life, it's arbitrary. You know, it's like, isn't this interesting at this age, at this lifestyle, at this health? This is what I look like. Okie dokie. Yeah. The process really, for me, has freed me up to be more present. So we just recently went to a barbecue with friends and my daughter and son-in-law were there and a lot of people I know. And I was realizing when I was, there was so much food there. And I was realizing when, while I was sitting there, how much of the time in past years I would spend at an event like that, worrying about what I was going to choose How hard would it be not? What was the right thing? Do they have carrots? (laughs) So I can fill up on carrots and not have the pie or just so many things going through my head instead of really enjoying the people and the experience and being fully present for the conversation. And it was just, it's such a game changer to have that mental and emotional space. And then to also start to feel things 
that I was afraid to feel and just be with those emotions as they come up. It's just really such a gift to put energy into the process in a way that really opens that process of healing, which really opens up the emotional highs and lows of life that really scared me in the past. Yeah. And I feel like when we show up, like at this party, and we don't have that hidden sort of pressure to eat only carrots or whatever it is, or the opposite, eat only cake, because I'll probably never have cake again. <laughs> so, or I had cake, so now I might as well have five more pieces. All the cake. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a black and white issue. And it's not that those thoughts don't come through my mind even today. I just don't get on that train. I just go, uh-huh. And so thank you for sharing. And I probably won't eat all the cake. <laughs> so I think I can trust myself. It's okay. Have what you want. It's okay. And with the limitations that my own body has, because being a professional dieter my whole life until I was, I got recovery, until it really turned into a crazy eating disorder and really took a lot of my life away from me, I had to learn that my body doesn't fill in the blank anymore. Used to, but now it doesn't. And that's different than eat everything you want because I might want what I used to eat as a child, but my body doesn't want those foods anymore. There's nothing wrong with a corn dog, <laughs> but I don't seem to be able to process it very well anymore. And I've just had to let go of things that I thought I had to have. Well, and you know, at this party, the other part of what you're saying, the kind of additional piece that comes from that is also understanding that having one of everything, not even really over filling my plate, it's too much. I don't feel good. I don't feel well afterwards. And it takes me sometimes in a situation like that, it can take me an almost 24 hours to really sort of get my body recalibrated. And I'm not even talking about whether it's low-cal or not. It's not that. It's just I don't overconsume at that level anymore. And then just thinking, did I ever feel good after that? I think I was just so grateful to numb the feelings that I didn't really yes. pay attention to how my body was receiving that. Right. To your point about the corn dog, you know, nothing inherently bad about the corn dog, but oh, just notice my stomach hates it. Yeah. <laughs> just notice. <laughs> Storygram Network. Welcome to One Media, One Media. I when you're whining with nurses. It's a place I like to call The Bleed. My name is Laura Lee, and this is It's Not About Food. The art of being yay isn't just something he developed. Storygram Network. And notice that, like you're saying, is I know that I used to do stuff. I used to not eat enough, but I completely did not want to feel that because I actually wanted to eat less than that. I was better if I ate less than anything I was eating. So to go to a party and just have enough or just, oh, I want a little more 
Or I did go to a party and now I'm home and I'm still kind of hungry and it's okay. It's not that I did anything wrong at the picnic. Like I didn't have enough. It's just uh, whatever. My body changes. It's fluid. It does what it does. It's like I never tell myself, well, you just peed. Why are you needing to pee again? <laughs> you just slept, you know, you just slept yeah, last yeah. night. <laughs> why, why are you? Why are you? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and that's sort of where the trust comes in, right? Because what that's the piece of really trusting my body and listening to it and getting out of the way so my body can tell me what it needs And for sure, that's my journey. And I still feel like I'm like on some of the bottom steps with it. But I do trust because I've had just enough experiences like the one I'm describing where, you know, I understood that if I ate all those things, I was not going to feel good because I felt that feeling, even though I know I ate so much more at other times, but I wasn't paying any attention to what my body was trying to say. Now I trust my body more, not 100%. Yes, of course. I trust it it more than I ever have to say, that's not going to work for you. That's not going to help you feel well. Right. And so tell me, so since we're talking about this and we're talking about trusting the process, what does make you feel well? What as well as you can at this age with this lifestyle, with this retirement thing happening and this, whatever it is. And I know that you recently lost your companion dog. So that's a whole other thing. Because when we eat for reasons other than hunger, if things happen, even if we haven't done that in a long time, it's sort of like that little part of us thinks, I don't have my puppy, but I do have a corn dog. Potato chip. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, it's interesting you bring that up because I am, it's pretty new, this experience of losing my precious Daisy. And so I'm really every day still grappling. She was at my side every minute for like 12 years, you know, and so I'm still dealing with it. But I have this kind of inner trust that one, grief is natural and understandable and normal. And two, I will get to the other end, to your point. And I don't know what it's going to look like between now and then. And I don't, I know I'm going to have days where it's okay and days where it's really hard, but that's the trust. I totally trust in this one example. I am totally in a place of trust that it's okay to feel this and I will survive. And I don't really need to make it go away. I just need to be in her honor. I just need to be with it. And so her little urn came. And and I just was like, I felt like, okay, she's here again. And we're, it just really has allowed me to see the progress I've made to be able to understand all the depths of emotion that we go through in our life and the experiences we have. And that it's not going to kill us to be with that. It's not going to kill us to feel it. And so that is trust the process for me at this time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And somebody told me, well, you will miss your dog forever. And that's true. I've had animals my whole life. I have depended on animals (laughs) my whole life, but I can go through trusting the process of losing 
this dog and I have another dog and I'm sure I will outlive that dog. Maybe not. I'm a lot older than I used to be, but I might. Hopefully. Yeah. And my kitty is older too and I might lose her. So of course I have to trust that it is life, living life on life's terms. And I can say, well, I'm not going to have any more animals because I don't want to get attached to them. Then I lose years of the comfort they give me. Or, well, I'm not going to love anyone because I don't want to lose them. That's stupid. I'm not going to live in a cave. You know, I just... Well, and I think it's also about the gratitude for me. The gratitude to have had such an amazing companion. To have her at a particular time in my life where she was an anchor for me and... I mean, it's kind of that, you know, cliche, it's better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all. But I really believe that. And so I'm just trying to really find the gratitude that I can. You know, that kind of makes me think of a poem that I wrote that I don't know if this is a good time for me. To this share. is a perfect time. I love that because... I am blessed that I already read this poem and I know you've edited it since then, but it is a beautiful poem and it speaks exactly to what we're talking about today. So kind of a work in process. Every time I look at it, it it grows, but um, that's it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The title of the poem is called Confession. Perhaps I owe you a gigantic apology, but at least my infinite gratitude. When I was a little girl, you lifted me as I danced like a butterfly for grandma and climbed like a squirrel to the tops of trees. In my teen years, you weathered my insults, slouching and carrying my inherited shame, shouldering the wounds and rejections. In the middle years, you astonished me, shaping and nourishing my baby girl, enduring the sleepless days and nights. In the wandering spaces, you alert me to risk, taking the brunt of the mishaps and maladies, persisting and willing to reset, retrain, reshape. In the sensual spaces, you empower me, unleashing desire, delight, and pleasure, nurturing and fulfilling my intimate fantasies. Now in the silver years, you have the floor defining each day, but by whatever you can yet do, you setting limits, me testing boundaries. Reviewing now our journey together, late I see your power, wisdom, and magic. You, my sacred body, serving without praise. Knowing now I have taken you for granted, I only hope that my overdue appreciation can be the apology you deserve. Oh, that makes that makes me cry, Deborah. It's such a beautiful tribute to your glorious body that, you know, even if we don't recognize how precious it is anyway. <laughs> you know, our bodies I think are like little kids maybe they think, "Well, I'm all that. I'm great. <laughs> I don't know what your problem is." <laughs> Because they just keep, they're like the little energizer bunny. They just keep going. Even if we hate them to death, we they just go, uh-huh, well, I'm still going to walk down this street. Thank you very much. <laughs> 
It's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. And what a wonderful gift you're giving out to the world by putting this on paper, because I think that we feel like that so much and we're the only ones that think that. But it's beautiful. Thank you so much for doing that. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. I appreciate it. Mm -hmm. It means it adds to it to be able to share it. Yeah, definitely. I understand that. So tell me, what are you doing on your writing of short stories or what kind of short stories are you writing right now? Well, I'm actually taking a class at Stanford University Extension, writing at Writer's Extension. And I'm learning about the use of time and in narrative. So how, when to use the present, the past, etc. And so I'm working on a new story for that. And I have two stories that I have gotten to pretty far down the road. And I'm actually working with a coach on those two stories to bring them to closure and then maybe start submitting them. Wow. So exciting. Did you think, I don't know, 20 years ago, this is what you would be doing once you, if you, first of all, ever retired? (laughs) Yes, 20 years ago, yeah. Yeah, or Um, that you you would be doing this. It's a good question. I think I, my whole life, I've always thought that I wanted to be a writer. And then it occurred to me very long into my career, I actually was a writer. That's what I was doing. That's what I was doing in my career, business writing. But when I first retired, I wasn't entirely sure that I could actually do it. And I think this is just for me, another great example of the trust the process, because when I first retired, I didn't want to sit back down at a computer. So I started doing some painting instead, just for fun. And I go into that knowing that I haven't always had like innate artistic talent. I can like work really hard and do something passable, but it's not my go-to energy. And, but so when I painted, I would do something. And if I didn't like it, or if it didn't come out, like I thought I would be so kind in my head, well, you know, you're just figuring it out. You don't really know. It's all good. But when I sit down to write, because I've been writing always, I'm totally different. What is wrong with you? Why can't you? <laughs> and then I, I know I haven't written fiction and poetry much in my life. So I'm just at the same place really as I am with the painting. And that really shifted things for me and to really allow my, again, trust the process, read, take the classes, do the writing, and just trust that you're in a process. And, you know, lots of writers will tell you how long it took them to write, you know, Tom Nahishi Coates book that came out in 2019 says it took him 10 years. So just really trust that you're putting your heart and soul into it and the time, well, wherever it goes. Yeah. And I think that is the writer's life, really. I mean, I know there are a lot of writers that just are prolific about it, but I think of one of my most favorite humans in the world, Gloria Steinem, who I heard say, writing is the only thing that when I'm doing it, I don't think I should be doing writing. (laughs) (laughs) I think I should always be doing writing, but I also have to live my life. Or Anne Lamont that says, you know, she sits down at the typewriter and opens her veins. We don't always want to do that every minute of the day. That's exactly right. So I think, yeah, that's exactly how we feel. And 
writing from your heart is a lot different than writing from your business mind. It yes, is a lot exactly. or For your sure. yeah, or your whatever mind, whatever spot that you're in. I'm so grateful that you were here to talk today. And I wonder if you will read that last part of the body love card that today I will practice. Today, I will practice trusting my process and knowing that I am right where I need to be on my path. I will practice viewing each situation as a learning experience and will be loving and accepting with myself as I move along my path. Beautiful. And I just am so grateful for you to be here today on this show. I'd just like to thank you, Laura Lee, because so long ago when I attended my first Beyond Hunger workshop Mm. in the Bay Area with you, thinking of that and all the support and positive energy and really astonishing great ideas and (laughs) opportunities to grow came coming from being able to partner with you on this. So you are amazing and you are such a love-filled presence in my life. And I just am grateful for you. Thank you so much. And I feel the same way. I'm always excited when I see your number come up. So thank you very much. The ripple effect that both of us powerful women have put out into the world continues to this day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening and be sure and follow me on Patreon, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and it's not about food.com. Thanks.